When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. And it's McDonald shooting. That might have been off the helmet of Adelkovich. Bertrand out in front. Goal! A goal! Bertrand for Krusilniski! Alex Krusilniski scores the winning goal in the fifth overtime from Cole Bertrand and Colin McDonald in the longest game. American Hockey League history. Boy, you have to give the announcer credit for having that much pizzazz left. Right. He was probably excited it was finally over. (laughs) Uh, Lehigh Valley 2, Charlotte 1 in Game 4 of their American Hockey League series. By the way, the American Hockey League playoffs started after the NHL playoffs started. They go on oh. forever. I okay. saw like the when the wait wild, wait wait say that again. The, the Wilds the the NHL started its playoffs before the American League hockey American Hockey League started its playoffs. Wow! Before the minor league, they go on forever, you know. And now they uh, do they play know, they the have, same amount of games? Do they play eighty two uh, games? Or I don't whatever? know if they play as many, but they play damn near as many. Okay. Yeah, they play an incredible number. But the reason we're bringing this up is. The sports person of the day is Alex Lyon, the winning goaltender. As you guys well know, Alex Lyon was an outstanding goalie at Lake of the Woods High School mm-hmm. in Minnesota. So much so that in his senior year, he was the winner of the Frankie Brimsick Award as the top high school goalie in the state 2011. Uh, and then... He uh, played. Uh, he played uh, one game after that season ended in Cedar Rapids, and the USHL. Then he played two years in the USHL, and like all those boys from Baudette and Lake Woods, very bright young man, ended up at Yale. Played three years at Yale, uh, and had uh, the lowest goals against average in the history of the school. Uh, and uh, by the way. They had a guy named Ken Dryden there too. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what years was he at Yale? Does, do you have the, his bio in front of you there? Uh, he was not there when they played the Gophers. Dang it, that's what I was going to ask. He came in. I looked it up. Okay. He came in there the year after, 2013-14. He played for him for three years. Obviously Fantastic. inspired after they knocked out his was Gophers. Was Dryden Yale or some other? Or was he Cornell maybe? I'll I look it up. Some Eastern school. I'll look it up. Some Eastern school. Anyway, he was... Uh, so anyway, last night he makes 95 saves in a five-overtime game. 
and they end up uh, winning. Uh, Ken Lyon, Dryden was Cornell, by Cornell, the way. Yeah. Yeah. Lyon made 40 saves in right, uh, Cornell, former powerhouse, coached by Ned Harkness, who later coached the Detroit Red Wings, is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, take me to the uh, bank on that. Uh, Lyon only had to make 40 saves in regulation. Then he made 54 saves in overtimes and uh, ended up uh, his team needed him because the other guy only had to make 51 saves. It's 1-1 into the fifth overtime. And I have a question for you, gentlemen. If you are going to decide hockey games all winter long, uh, with three-on-three three overtime followed by a shootout. I am not saying that you should do that in the playoffs routinely. But one more overtime period, 20 minutes, five-on-five, five, and then it's, then let's it's, get her going. it's absurd to play until 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, and, and nobody yeah. can move. And to think it's, of, you know, goals are too random. They could still be playing. Right. What are right. you going to do? What are you going to be do if it's like four in the morning sometime? I wouldn't be opposed to that, especially if you do a regular, like you yeah, said, a five on five. And you say, okay, you're getting your chance to win it. Wait, so you, wait are you saying chance. go regular five on five, uh, then go to three yeah, on three? I'm, I'm saying, yes, you play a regular, okay, you play a fourth period. That's your overtime right. period. You play the full, you know, sudden death, mm-hmm. obviously. And, you know, and then, okay, then let's break the tie like we break the tie uh, during the regular season. It, it would seem so simple. I would like it to just if, in the event that a Stanley Cup playoff sure. game seven. Hey, because we can hear the purest wine. They decide the, the one World Cup I covered, the mm-hmm. biggest tournament in the universe, was shootout, was penalty kicks. Well, the women penalty won the gold kicks. this year in a yeah, shootout. Penalty kicks. You know, Penalty, you know, so, okay, I watched Brazil and I think it was Italy, played, you know, they played a regular overtime, and then all of a sudden there's a guy standing four feet in front of a guy kicking in the net. Is that when you asked the, the diehard Italian soccer writer, what's that circle thing in front of No, the- that's not exactly how it went. That was <laughs> earlier in the tournament. I was in Washington, D.C., RFK Stadium, and... We were kind of in a football-y press box, uh, and we were in a row, and a bunch of dumbass American columnists, you know, that yep. weren't even soccer writers, just right. guys. Right. And You were there to cover sports. And there were like five. Yeah, it was big. I enjoyed it. I wrote about the crowd every game, but uh, uh, <laughs> but there were six of us sitting there. And I said, hey, what's the big circle there? I said, <laughs> I, said I know the thing of the square there right. is the crease, but what's that what's big the thing? And, and there's four guys I knew from other than I, I don't know what you're <laughs> asking me. I said, well, I got I to gotta put it in here, you know. And all of a sudden, these Italian guys started screaming at us. But one of them understood English, and they were, you... Yeah, because you know nothing, and you're sitting there taking up seats in the press box. And I love the fact that you had better seats than they yeah, did. Yeah, we were in front of them. And I said, hey. So they were just looking. Because oh. you were sitting in front of them and had a better seat, they were just looking for a reason to oh, yell at yeah, you. Yeah, they were mad you. because, you know, I, I'm sure they'd heard our conversation yeah. during the day where we were making fun of, and they were boy, muttering. is this exciting, or something like that, you know. And they were looking at each other muttering. Yeah, and then finally well, we couldn't figure out what the penalty area was. <laughs>
and uh, uh, they were uh, very upset. You asked about Ken Dryden's education, by the way. In addition to Cornell, I did not know mm-hmm. this. He got his law degree. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, that was well known. Goalie, greatest goalie of all time. Supposed to be a genius. Uh, he was about six foot four. You know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, but uh, yeah, Cornell was a po- uh, power, and he was the goalie when Montreal won what three or four in a row, mm-hmm. whatever it was. He was fantastic. Probably the best goalie ever. And that includes Dubes. <laughs> even better than Dubes. He's even better than Dubes. Yes, he is. All right. All right. We'll be back with Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. Uh, which one of these uh, conference finals are you going to be uh, following, sir? <laughs> I will uh, I will have the Eastern Conference in its entirety, um, which, you know, should be interesting. Uh, not quite what it might have been had Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward been around, but, you know, that might have thrown everything off. So uh, we'll take what we can get. Um, I think yeah. it's... Hey, Ash, I think it's getting lonelier and lonelier out there on that anti-LeBron branch that Skip Bayless is on, don't you think? It's a, you know, he's made quite a comeback from the decision when uh, people were looking for excuses to uh, rip him. And uh, and now uh, you just have to sit back and look at a guy this age and playing 40-some minutes a game and uh, be, be amazed. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I I've, uh, I don't know that I've ever fully settled the, you know, greatest of all time uh, ranking in my mind. I've, I've usually worked off sort of a starting five when it comes to the NBA. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to talk uh, Michael Jordan and LeBron James, I mean, I, you know, there's certain things he'll never do. He'll never be able to go, you know, bat a thousand in, in finals, right? He'll never go six for six because he's lost, you know, what, five finals. But um, it's, um, yeah, you just, you see the various ways that he, you know, either wins games or drags his team along to win games. Um, you know, his his staying power. Um, he started right out of high school, so he had a head start on some of the greats of the game when it comes to, you know, compiling stat totals. But he also has been remarkably healthy. He's never had a, a season-rupturing injury. And, um, you know, you look at how he's built, and that's that's kind of understandable. I mean, you still hear people that, you know, are skeptical that this is all, you know, Mother Nature, but, boy, I mean, you see him put the work in as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's hard. I think I think he um, he won over a lot of us that maybe didn't like the idea of, of his Miami move when he went back to Cleveland. Yes. And, and, and then produced there immediately. I mean, they've been in the finals every year since, and the second year there, to me, he, he earned himself a license to, pretty much do what he wants by by leading that team to a championship and he has uh you know shot the to me he shot the ball better he shot the jump shot better here the last month or so he's he's making shots i don't know if the percentages uh uh make that official or not it just seems to me when i see him have to make a shot he's doing it well he was making stupid shots against the uh, toronto raptors (laughs) i mean that you know, the game where he was shooting all those fadeaways, I mean, seven fadeaways in the second half, and one, you know, farther out than, than the, the previous one. Um, I mean, it was as as taunting as somebody could do. I mean, usually you think taunting is 
posterizing somebody and hanging on the rim or mugging, you know, uh, giving them a mugging uh, facial expression when you land it. He was doing it, you know, 22 feet from the hoop just by the, the shots he was throwing up, and, and there was nothing that the Raptors could or would do about it. And, uh, you know, he's like like a lot of the great players. I mean, he has added to his game, you know, year by year, and he talked a little bit during that Toronto series, brief as it was, that, um, you know, when Miami lost in its first year together, those three guys down there, 2010-2011, they lost to Dallas in the finals, and Dwayne Casey was, you know, sort of defensive coordinator for the Mavericks, uh, and they beat them because they basically played LeBron to have to make jump shots, and he couldn't do it back then. We sure can do it now. Hey, Ash, the uh, the uh, basketball in itself, and especially the NBA, is unique because you got ten guys down there in that ring, and you can see everything that's going on. You can see who's screwing up for the most part, and I I think that can make teams very fragile. And Toronto having this history with them that they're carrying with them, and they kicked away that first game against Cleveland, and they were cooked, man. Yep. Yep, game one was the, the series in a nutshell. That was the game they needed to win. Um, you know, the, the Cavaliers and James in particular were tired from going yes. seven against Indiana. It had been a legitimate challenge, too. I mean, they, you know, they were on their heels at times during that Pacers series. Um, and it shows you the Pacers. I mean, very impressive. I mean, Victor Oladipo, um, oh. just really, uh, I think, won over a lot of, uh, of people, you know, not only with the season he had, but particularly with that series and just how tough and, and determined he was. And, and that's what Indiana did. They didn't, you know, they were the opposite of Toronto. Toronto, very skilled, but um, not, not not so mentally strong. I, I just think that LeBron has been in and continues to be in their heads. Yep, uh, you're right. Hey, I love the finish of that Boston-Philadelphia game last night. I love the fourth quarter. You know why? Uh, and the uh, overtime, we got to see some two-pointers. We got to see people play old-time, you know, basketball where they worked it around for the good inside shot and the guy making the, you know, the little 15, 17-footer. It wasn't just a bunch of crazy guys coming down and throwing. Now, there were a couple of threes in there, but there was, uh, there was some real basketball, not just throw it in, throw it out, have somebody throw up a three. I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Don't give up on the uh, the mid range game. I mean, how about that Dario Saric basket Ooh. where he was he was sort of in the restricted area and the defender behind him, and he just kind of went leaped up and put it in over his head. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen you know you don't see seven foot two guys that you know do that sort of thing. And I mean, that was just uh, some creative creativity. And you know what? That's that's really I mean, where I sense you're going with this, and I certainly agree that the sameness of the product. I yeah. mean, Three-point shots essentially all look like each other. Yes. Any guy who's taking one, I mean, maybe Steph Curry or, you know, there are a couple others that, you know, they, they, they mix it up even beyond that, that arc. But for the most part, three-point shot looks like a three-point shot, whereas the creativity comes in inside the circle. I mean, that's what we always saw, you know, the really uh, inventive scores. Dominique Wilkins did his work in there. Julius Irving did his work in there. I mean... You know, Marcus Johnson and, you know, Bernard King. I mean, so many great scorers who, you know, they, they would invent moves. They would, they would be elusive. They would, three point shot is just, it's like, okay, it's, there they go again. And I just think that the, the pendulum has swung so far.
Well, you know, yeah, I do too. That's my problem. You know, ten years ago, let's say it was it wasn't a home run, but it was a uh, run scoring double when you made a three. Now it's not even a butt single. I mean, there's a million of them. You know, as far as excitement level, you know, okay, if you may hit one from the corner with the game clock winding down and that stuff, but I want them to move it back another foot. I want to make I, it. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. You, yeah. you need it farther, farther out from the rim. You need it to be a true arc. You need to widen the court, push the push the seats on the sides back. I mean, they'll still be first row seats. Yeah. Or you're going to hurt yourself are the last seats in the arena. But you know, you're still going to be sitting first row, second row, whatever. It's just going to be a wider court. You know, you can't you can't have those corner shots be as as easy as they are. And, and and make guys have to, to earn it more. It, it it does need to be a more difficult shot. Um and yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. It's just uh it, it they use it too much. Look, consider Nate McMillan in the first round when yeah. that game where LeBron was just bull rushing the rim and you know, there's nothing they could do. They could not step in front of the locomotive. And and ultimately his reasoning came out afterwards. It's like, well, as long as he's scoring by twos, they're not scoring by threes. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like okay, we can all do math, but um, is that where we want to be? Do you just is it you just playing the the numbers here? Yeah, and uh, you know Houston is now taking it to the point where they're shooting forty some, and they're bragging that next year they'll be shooting fifty some, and it's uh, you know to me it's not an appealing game. I don't know what the the, the public thinks. I I don't like it. Hey, uh, the. Uh, the Golden State in Houston, of course, is going to be the three-point yeah. shootout of all time. But those are two uh, really good teams. Who do you like? Uh, you know what? I don't see any reason to budge off uh, my prediction from last September um, that we would have a Finals Four. Uh, you know, the fourth meeting of of Cleveland and Golden State. Um, I wish I wish I could have uh, you know found another reason. Now I did pick the Raptors to win in seven over Cleveland, and, and that was my folly. But um, I, I underestimated the uh, the improvement of the Cavaliers, and I and I also uh, overestimated the uh, I guess the the uh, finished product uh, nature of the of the Raptors. They they have miles to go still, but yeah, I, I think Golden State has just got too many weapons. Um, they've been there before. James Harden, okay, great. He's yet to do it in a, in a postseason experience. If they push the Warriors to seven, if they if they flex home court advantage, and if Chris Paul, you know, makes a big enough difference, um, you know, that could be a lot of fun. I just don't expect um, the Rockets to, uh, you know, to be there at, in June. Hey, uh, Wiggins for DeRozan, what do you think that uh, the Timberwolves would have to throw a little more <laughs> into the pot? But uh, uh, they're down on Wiggins here, and they're down on DeRozan in Toronto. Well, if um, and he's if go, he, the hometown you know, fella, you know. Yeah, I mean he has a he has a history of kind of rising to the occasion when they play um, Toronto. Now, if he could just do that, you know, when he's playing for them or at least playing there, that would be forty-one games instead of two games a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I would like uh, I'd like to see him get closer to his potential. I'd like to see Andrew Wiggins um, play with a fervor and 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 you know a fire. Um, that that we really don't see on any any regular basis. Uh, and he's got the talent, and 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 probably is a victim in a sense of the talent he's had for so long, and and hasn't that hasn't had to. I mean, he's the anti Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I think there's a 
I think there's there's a little friction between those guys just because of that. Butler looks at him and shakes his head and doesn't understand it. And Andrew Wiggins is thinking, you know, well, you know, I'm not you. You're going to meet potatoes, build yourself up from the 30th draft pick. And, um, yeah, I'm all for it. I think, And I like it for Toronto, too, from the standpoint that they need to break up that, that unit. I mean, Lowry and DeRozan are a little bit too much, uh, it's a little too cozy. They're good friends. They're basically brothers. And, you know, they need to change that dynamic up. I'm not an advocate for firing Dwayne Casey. I don't, I don't think this one, uh, sort of lands on him. Um, DeRozan would be a helpful wing player for, for Minnesota. And, um, I think he would be a, an upgrade. Hey, uh, Ash, one last thing. Uh, so the things that calm down here about the, uh, the, uh, Timberwolves and chaos and, uh, anti Tibbs and all that. And then it uh, flares up again with Rick Brunson getting uh, having to yeah. leave because of uh, some accusations of uh, of how he uh, encountered women here. So uh, now it's uh, now it's back on the uh, you know they some other staff members got fired and then he uh, he resigned. It's uh, so the chaos has returned. You covered the Timberwolves uh, long enough to experience some of that, but uh, not a not good timing for Tibbs. That's for sure. Well, no. I mean, whatever whatever glow there was of ending that that playoff drought, um, if if five game elimination, you know, didn't sort of dampen it. I mean, this kind of stuff certainly can. And the fact that Stan Van Gundy has been dismissed from his dual job situation with Detroit kind of leaves Tom as the last man standing. Doc Rivers had the administrative powers stripped away, um, and and was basically just made to coach again and. Um, you can't really use Greg Popovich uh, in San Antonio oh. because he does have a legitimately, um, you know, accomplished and forceful um, uh, general manager, personnel guy in R.C. Buford, I think, beyond what Scott Layden is in Minnesota, and the fact they've won championships. So they sort of get to write their own rules. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if Tom is able to, you know, never mind thrive with those two jobs, but, but retain both those jobs because... And you talk to coaches. I mean, the day that Van Gundy was like, though, you know, we're talking to Tyron Lou in Cleveland, and he's like, I, I don't know how somebody could do a second job. I, I know I got my hands full with one job. So I, I get it. It's a power thing, and, and who has the last say more than it is, you know, actual roll up your sleeves and spend 40 hours on each job kind of a thing. But um, there's a reason that it's not the norm, and, and there probably should be better checks and balances in, in that type of situation with the uh, – the short-term win tonight view and the uh, long-term hey, we're, we're maintaining a program here. Ash, uh, thanks for your time, and we will be reading your stuff during the playoffs. Thank you, Patrick. All right, uh, conference finals. Ash will be uh, Cleveland and Boston, and uh, that that to me is a really compelling series because I don't know how Boston's doing it, and I don't know how LeBron can be as good as he is right now. We'll be back. Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. I'd rather listen to Elvis. Thanks. <laughs> so. We would too. <laughs> this update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com/hire. 
At the players. Hey, Jim Cott's on the TV. Hi, Jim. Uh, at the players, Sergio Garcia now at 7-under through 16. He is tied with Patrick Cantley in the lead at 7-under. Uh, Patrick also through 16 holes. And there's a whole batch of people tied at 6-under uh, for second place. Tiger, by the way, if you're wondering, is uh, even through 15. Johnny, help me out. Has this entire series been... The Yankee Red Sox series been on MLB Network? That I don't know because both, I've been watching the New York Yankee broadcast. Oh, I suppose because you got the, the ticket, the, the, the thing, package. the package. Hey, now. The Twins are out on the West Coast. I open up a four-game series against the Angels. Jose Barrios pitches for the Twins. Garrett Richards for the Angels. Uh, we do have a Twins lineup. They did make a roster change today. Byron Buxton back, reinstated. And Ryan Lamar sent down to Rochester. Here's your lineup. Maurer, Dozier, Kepler, Escobar, Rosario, Morrison, uh, Garver, Adrianza, and Buxton is starting and hitting ninth. Almost could read my own writing there. Uh, the St. Paul Saints announced they've added 34-year-old righty, and you might uh, recognize this name, Tom Willemson. Remember Tom? Sure. Yeah, he was with Seattle for a while. He was with the Mariners. He went to spring camp with the Padres before being released this year. Uh, in uh, all told, over seven seasons in the majors, a 3.53 ERA in 385 innings. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero says... The Vikings are trying out David Perry, a defensive tackle who's been with Indianapolis the last few years today. And speaking of Tommy, also spoke today with Adrian Peterson, the one-time NFL MVP, hopes teams are watching, and he wants an opportunity to play again at what? the age of 30. I thought he was still under contract. Didn't he sign a two-year deal? He got released by no. Arizona. Oh, yeah. okay. Peterson uh, told Tom, I'm healthy and I'm ready to roll. If you want someone to help you win a championship and be productive... Be very productive. You know how to contact me. End quote. He'll get a job, won't he? Yeah, somebody will probably yeah. sign him. But he just he needs to accept his role. He's yeah. not Adrian. You you can't run for eighteen hundred yards well, anymore. Well, huh? not to mention he had a significant neck injury. That's not something to mess around with. Don't want to be the lead back though. You know he will wherever yeah. he goes. Uh, yeah, late yesterday, catcher Kendall Lindemann, uh, who's played two seasons with the Gophers, uh, was named Big Ten Player of the Year. That means she's been the Big Ten Player of the Year both years she's played. Lindemann hit a Big Ten best 5-12 in conference play this season, becoming the first Gopher to win the honor in back-to-back seasons. Pitcher Amber Pfizer, second baseman McKenna Partain, two other sophomores also named to the All-Big Ten team uh, with Lindemann, who was a unanimous pick. Outfielder Ellie Jensen made All-Big Ten second team and the All-Freshman team. Lindemann got walked more intentionally than the entire Twins team will this season. (laughs) (laughs) One weekend, they just walked her every time she came up. Uh, Four-state Illinois junior defensive end Jason Bargy announced his commitment to the Gophers last night. We picked them over the programs of Notre Dame. Top, I think it's uh, I think it's uh, PJ's first top 100. He's 97th ranked by somebody. 99, actually. 99. 99, okay. ranked, uh, 99 in uh, by uh, 24-7 sports. I eat difficult conversations for breakfast. Mm-hmm. God, I love that. Come well, he, uh, he still has time to change his mind, however. <laughs> Every ball is an elite ball because it was thrown to you. See? <laughs> wow. That's a good one, Go too. for football. Can't get here soon enough. Yeah. Lions, right? Lions coach. Did you look at the home schedule? No. no. Oh, it's brutal. I was here. Everybody else is. You got these three non-conference games that nobody cares about. And then you have Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern. And then Iowa. Hmm. Wow. It's brutal. <laughs> you know what? It's brutal. You know what that means? To grow, you must fail. Yeah, well. To grow, you must be used to playing in front of empty seats. <laughs> what is our second season ticket base at right we now? Don't do we? we don't talk about. We don't talk. Ah, it's not important. We don't talk about. 
season uh, season. Know uh, your de- limitations. De- <laughs> <laughs> Detroit Lions coach Matt Patricia said that a, he was falsely accused in a 1996 sexual assault allegation that resurfaced this. this week. Why is this coming to light now? Do Detroit we know News did a great big yeah. long piece on it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he said the matter has not been an issue. Good luck, he- Detroit News beat writer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he held a news conference today uh, after the Detroit News report that he and a friend were indicted 22 years ago by a Texas grand jury on one count each of aggravated sexual assault, accused of assaulting a woman on South Padre Island, but the accuser did not testify. The case was dismissed. Patricia today saying, I was innocent then and I am innocent now. Mm-hmm. And Nick Collison's retiring from the NBA after 15 years and what's unusual He's been with the same organization. Yep. Of course, they were Seattle once upon a time, the Supersonics, when he was per, uh, first drafted, and he stuck around, played with Oklahoma City, obviously. Uh, he missed, boy, I don't remember this, but I'm kind of senile. He missed his entire rookie season but with a shoulder injury. What did you say, Manny? Only two Supersonics left, Durant and who? And Jeff Green. Jeff Green. There are only two uh, guys that played in Seattle now. Hmm. All right, Johnny Height, thank you very much. You betcha. Taking the ride with Royce. Where are we going? No, don't tell me. Let me guess. On 1500 ESPN. The ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits. You know, it's years later. Uh, that riot, that uh, World Cup I covered was 1994, I believe. Okay. So that would have been uh, six, uh, 24 years ago. At the old Joe Rodney? But I'd like to send along this message to those Italian uh, sports writers. <laughs> There's a few things you can say to me that you can't insult me with, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can lose a few pounds. Yeah. You know, I'm not insulted if you tell me that because it's it's a fact. Don't right? you got something better than that? Yeah, yeah. Your voice and delivery Please. could use a little improvement. That you can't insult me with that. No, you know, you know, it's an acquired taste, and unfortunately, a lot of people who acquired it now are dead. But uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, when I write, you read something I wrote, you, you you'd wish I'd got to the point a little sooner. That you can't insult me by saying no. that. And you sure as hell can't insult me by saying I don't know anything about soccer. Right. Because uh, you, you. you point that out. You point that out all the time. I agree to you. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Speaking of soccer, uh, our United fellas got beat last night. Scarves up. 2 0 uh, by the really cleverly named Los Angeles Football Club. Ah, uh, yep. Uh, who, have team. A, who have a new stadium. And I saw. That it was announced as a sellout. Now, I, a crowd of 20 some thousand, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, happened to click over a few times to see how the fellas were doing. Boy, there were a lot of people in that sellout ca- crowd who came disguised as empty seats. Huh. Did you see the, no. the grants, no. the main, you know, the, it looked like the end zones were full, but the, uh, you know, from the goal line to the goal line, there was they weren't even half full. Now oh. I don't know if people like to stand or the the those are the expensive seats, and those people are like go for hockey fans who <laughs> who have the expensive seats and don't show up and watch. Now what them. what portion of the game was was this? Because no, you know, was, LA sports fans have the tendency to arrive no, late to was, every sporting uh, event. Well, you know, it wasn't like it was well it into was the game, thirty minutes into the game, okay. something like that. So maybe they just weren't. 
that excited about the showdown with our boys, you know. You know, <laughs> maybe they, uh, maybe they just said they spent so much time trying to figure out which United it was that they just uh, <laughs> didn't get there. Say, somebody sent me this uh, leftover. Uh, Don Riley, the eye opener, the great columnist for the St. Paul paper. Don, like many of us uh, old timers, uh, I wasn't such an old timer then, but when the kicks came, had had a hard time adjusting to the idea that soccer was popular. Okay. So this guy said he one day ran a letter from a reader who claimed that the large crowds at the kicks games proved that soccer was a major sport. Riley replied... If it wasn't for the dollies in their halter tops at the Met, it would be more vacant than Dave Sheehan's face. <laughs> now, Dave was a local sports anchor for Channel 9 and a, and a good guy. I loved him a lot. I don't know if he and Don were feuding about something. Or maybe he but, ripped uh, the sport. Is that kind but of the... Of course, there's also a chance that the guy who wrote the letter was Don's favorite, Clyde Jelmo from Lake Elmo, who he made up. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know why he took a shot at sea. What is it, Clyde yeah. Jelmo from Lake Elmo? Yeah, Clyde Jelmo from Lake Elmo. There are some Jelmos <laughs> up there, but I don't think that. And then another one of his favorite letter writers was Ploop, Plooperson. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there was some thought that maybe Don kind of penned these to get the letter thing going. But uh, Dave Sheehan was uh, a good – I don't think he's any longer with us. He was, uh, he was an interesting cat. And he – on Channel 9, obviously took some bets, you know, or, or knew what the number was. Okay. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this is back when they had like a seven-minute sportscast at night instead of the two and a half minutes like they have now, right? Because mm-hmm. weather wasn't as important. And Don used to always say, elsewhere in college basketball, uh, Kansas beat Oklahoma tonight, but not by enough. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, or but or but only by four, or something like that. So he performed a great service. Hey, uh, Micah Coffey, one of the Gopher seniors, uh, has uh, been named to the All Academic uh, Team for the All District Baseball Team. I've talked to him a couple of times, not this year, but a couple of times in the past. Uh, he received the Big Ten Distinguished Scholar Award last year. Very good third baseman, and one of the many left-handed hitters on this Gopher team. Uh, they have uh, Mazinga and a guy named uh, Riley Smith. Is it Riley? Uh, they platoon at one spot in the outfield, but uh, they got five left-handed hitters, and they got Michigan State this weekend starting tomorrow night. Now it won't be a glorious night for baseball because the high is supposed to be fifty. But then the weekend should be okay. It's supposed to be in the 70s. Yeah, they go for them up. Glorious weekend over there last week, man. I was there oh. on Saturday. It was uh, it was uh, fantastic. And they swept a very good Indiana team. And they're I believe they're now up to 15 in the national rating. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so and there's two weeks left. Uh, they probably got to win five out of six to... Uh, to maybe win the Big Ten, they're they're tied with Michigan right now. So they're home and, this weekend. Where are they next and, weekend? Well, I can't remember. But they're not they're they not home. Is I guess what I'm getting. I can't at. remember where they close. No, they they close okay. somewhere. I'm not sure. And one last thing, Vladimir. We talked about this earlier. Vladimir Putin <laughs> scored five goals in an exhibition hockey game, and 
What I've heard in scouting reports is, you know how they talk about a guy who has an ability to find space on, yeah. a, on the rink? Yeah. They say Vladdy can oh, really yeah. find, Pooty can really find the space. He creates it's, space, He yes. creates space <laughs> just by his mere presence. Guys diving out of the way. There are seven snipers up high in the ground in case anyone gets near him. How would you like to go over there and just cross-check him? What do you think? Do you uh, think if happen? he's up for the face-off, too, the guy opposite him just goes, I'm not even going to put you my know, stick they down. Don't, uh, but they don't kill you that way. They don't just assassinate you. They poison you. Yeah, right. right. They, they they let you die a slow, uh, painful death. They don't, uh, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't just shoot you in the head. Right. They, uh, they, get, they, they, they try out their poisons on you. So that would be, uh, you know, make room for booty. Is, uh, this guy creates more room than Gretzky when he plays. <laughs> we'll be. Ride with Roycey. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Uh, my daily complaint is... See, that's one of my flaws. I start talking while they're still running the promotion. And I admit, you can't insult me by saying my delivery could use improvement. But I'm young and uh, starting to uh, work on it. Anyway, what do you guys <laughs> My daily complaint. So, after the uh, Sixers and Celtics, after that terrific game last night, mm-hmm. uh, after the final buzzer, Joel Embiid walked right off the court he didn't you know the other players they mm. kind of embraced and shook okay. hands and all this stuff well Joel Embiid walked right off the court right into the locker room and people were getting mad and ripping on him what one Celtics player like ripped him for not shaking this hands hockey we don't have who to cares? line up. yes who cares he's, and a, kid, you know what? he's a young guy he's 23 he years old yeah. he just lost and he's who an cares? emotional one of part of the fun of him is he's such an emotional loose cannon we can't we can't sit here and say well these guys need to play tougher you know they don't they don't play as tough as they did back in Back yeah, in the yeah, old days, and then exposed, getting mad. Uh, the the seventy uh, sixers youth was exposed. That's yes, good. let it go. Who yeah. cares? Mm-hmm. And Charles uh, Kenny Smith last night actually got a word in edgewise, and he says they aren't good enough yet. He yeah. says Simmons and Embiid have to spend the summer. Simmons has got to better. figure out how to hit a jump yeah. shot. Yeah, he can't shoot. He and Wiggy, horse game, could go on for a month. Oh, my God. That was the best photo. I showed it to Manny. Remember the famous Wilt Chamberlain photo with 100? Yeah. They took... Because he had the Philadelphia jersey on, they took his, or they put Simmons's face on, and then just put one. That game he had one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. that was great. Yeah, Photoshopping is the worst but... thing that ever happened to American athletes. Oh my god, he, he is a, he is going to be a special player. But gosh, he's got to learn how to hit a jump yeah. shot. Uh, my daily complaint is um, with Nashville. Don't ruin this. Let Winnipeg win the cup this year. <laughs> Come on, they've been. I want the white crazies to have their moment, but unfortunately, I think uh, I think Nashville wins the series tonight. But I, my God, it would be so much fun to watch those people burn that city to the ground, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, my daily complaint is Tiger Woods uh, won't hit his uh, driver or even his three woods. Sometimes he just uh, on eighteen, he's got it. To, he was two over. He got it to one under. And uh, 18 at uh, TPC, there's some wind blowing, and he decides to hit an iron off the tee, and it doesn't get it to the, uh, you know, doesn't get it to the fairway, and it goes in the drink, and now he's. Oh, he hit gonna, it in the water. Now he's probably going to be one over. That's come on, you're come tiger. On, tiger. Hit come the, on, hit the lumber. Come on, tiger, you're a tiger. Don't don't be afraid. To Is hit it the because lumber. he's afraid of re-injuring? Is that no? He's just not. He's not very straight with the driver yet, and uh, that's that's not a hole everybody hits a driver on. But hit a three wood at least. What the hell are you hit an iron for? Don't get so cute.
you know, don't like, uh, you know, don't get that cute. All right. Hey, good TV night. Uh, Twinkies later on tonight. Oh, uh, I love those West Coast uh, games, Barrio, baby. Barrios against Garrett Richards. And uh, let's say, let's hope the Twins didn't party too hardy last night and they're ready to go, huh? All right. Well, uh, you guys Myron's have a good time tomorrow. with Myron tomorrow. And uh, I'll be back here Monday. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.